It wasn't so long ago that Richard Dunn was slating Stephen Kenny and how he wanted to play football with the Republic of Ireland. This week, Richard's been linked to the Bowes job and while he can talk the talk, it's going to be very interesting to see if he gets that job, can he walk the walk? The fella in the green and my short. The fella in the green and my short. Welcome to the big kickoff League of Ireland podcast. In a week where the Republic of Ireland are back in action, Richard Dunn is on the shortlist for the Bohemians job and the Munster Senior Cup was on this week. But do we really need these competitions? We'll talk about that a little bit later. My name's Roy Shanahan and I'm joined by, as always, Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. And Nathan, I see you made it back to Ballyferma on Monday night to see some Destruction Derby. I did, yeah, yeah. It um, wasn't a good night to be a Valley Fairman native. Uh, <laughs> probably example number one why I got out of Valley Fairman. No, I love Valley, I know, but love lads do better. Jesus Christ, do better. We leave that one there because that's uh, an easy target for you, Nathan. Too, too, too easy. Low hanging fruit, right? You're the champion of low hanging fruit. Fair play. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the Republic of Ireland are back this week. Uh, Couple of games, Scotland and Armenia. We've seen how Scotland did against Ukraine, putting an unbelievably good performance. Uh, probably the best performance I've seen from a Scotland team in a long, long time. And when you compare that to how they played in Dublin, it's really chalk and cheese. Yeah, it's night and day, Roy, isn't it? And a lot of people are talking about yeah, when Ireland beat Scotland 3 0 in the Aviva Stadium and saying, oh, well, we've done that in the Aviva. There's no reason why we can't beat them in Hampden Park, especially with the likes of Andy Robinson now uh, being excluded from the squad with injury. But what are you on? I think they're on a three-game unbeaten streak now at the moment. Uh, they really are coming into the into their own since their defeat of Ireland. So it's definitely going to be a difficult one. Uh, so while we jump into the squad a little bit, will it be because yeah. this the squad that Stephen Kenny announced Robbie Brady back in for the first time in a long time? He's done well since he's gone to Preston in the championship. Uh Colin O'Dowda back in there as well. Obviously, Nathan Collins, the probably most popular man in Ireland now at the moment since he uh, sent Jack Grealish into the gulag with that <laughs> kick to the ribs <laughs> for Wolves against Man City. I thought you were going to uh, say because of the goal he scored against Ukraine, Nathan, but no. No, uh, no, no, no. The, the goal, it wasn't a bad goal, Roy, but that absolute the kick that he gave Jack Grealish made him an honorary Irish legend. And then, obviously, Liam Scales, that was another one that's back that's uh, back into the squad now. Unfortunately, um, Andrew Obamadeli dropping out with a groin injury. So good to see Liam Scales come back in there. Uh, struggled, obviously, with Celtic with game time. Now he's at Aberdeen. So great to see him, see Liam uh, make, his, make his way in the Irish setup. Because for and me, it'll do the world a good, good Nathan, for his confidence as well. Yeah, definitely would, you know, getting regular game time. Is there a case for him to be playing? You know, like, I think for me, it depends what formation Stephen goes with. If he goes with a... A three-five-three, which he tends, it's more of his regular one, isn't it? You know, you could be looking at a. I think our three centre-back partnerships are probably set in stone for me. You're going to go with Collins, Egan. I think I put again. I put a Shea ahead of Shane Duffy. Shane has only played yeah. one game since so going to Fulham. But if you're going yeah. to go, uh, even with a back four, if he plays a four-three-three, could you, you know, go with midfield or this two centre-half partnerships with again Collins and Egan dotted here at right? Could you see Liam Scales going to that left-back position? Maybe no. Is the answer uh, because I think that James McLean is going to go in as yeah, yeah. Uh, as a wing back. I I, just, I can see him playing three. Although he did play, two, did he two play two up front in that Scotland game? I think they played two up front yeah. in that. Did not have Paris. Did go two up front. Yeah. And Obafemi. I wouldn't be surprised if if they go about it something similar again. So 
it all depends on what sort of shape he, he wants to play off that. Now, it could be a 3-5-2 still. You know, three in the middle, two up front, and your wing backs. Uh, he likes the three at the back, and he likes he likes the wing yeah. back. So I just don't see him going to a four now. And in all fairness, he has good players at the back. So why wouldn't you play play with that uh, on the right hand side? Who have we got on the right hand side? That's that's more of an issue there on the right hand side because Seamus Coleman's not getting game time. So does no. he slot him back in? No, I don't think so, Roy. He's actually another one. Both uh, Seamus Coleman and Shane Duffy have only played one game for the clubs, and that's in the League Cup. They haven't played any minutes. In the, I, think, I think Shane probably played five minutes in his debut. And Doherty's not getting League. in. And Doherty's not getting in either. So that is an interesting one. But I think Stephen does tend to go with Doherty, doesn't he? See, he do, he's one of them that seems to like him. Same yeah. forward up the pitch when you're talking about whether it be a fun three or a fun two. You'd imagine that like Colin, uh, Colin Robinson's going to play. He's another player that Stephen just seems to like when putting him into this system. So, okay, what what are we thinking then? I'm thinking 3-5-2. I think he's going to go the same way as he did the last game. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think it would go pretty similar. Yeah, you know, he veered it to a 4-2-3 okay. for one or two games, but he seems to like the, like you said, he seems to like the back three. Okay, so we're kind of agreed on the on the back three. Yeah. Okay, so Duffy misses out there. We'll, I think so. We'll, We'll guess on McLean and, and Doherty for the full back positions. Okay. Centre midfield. What would the three be for you for centre midfield? Uh Col- Cullen, what's it Colum? Cullen, Malone B Brown. Three for me. They're just playing reg- they're playing regularly at club football. I just it's, and I'm gonna be like a power when we're talking about if we're gonna do a quick start in eleven, I'm gonna be like a power. That's what I'm gonna emphasize on with this one. Is lads that are starting early on in the season. And those three happen pretty regular while they're playing championship level. Yeah. Well, okay. most of the squad is level in fairness and I don't think that's crazy you're to say that Cullen, Malumbi and Brown uh, I do I, I I like Jason Knight and I, I'd like yeah. to see him in there uh, Head of Brown listen either or Brown's a good player gets goals Jason Knight does skip by a player which I do like but uh, Brown's kind of a more of a yeah, I hate I hate saying a Frank Lampard, but he's one who drifts in. You know, he he does get himself into the box, and his work rate is unbelievable as well. So, I, I, if either play, you know, delighted. The front two, that's the that's the real one. As yeah. you said, he he likes Robinson, but you know, Obafemi and Parrot did well the last day. Ogbené, Ogbené could be someone who could play on on the right hand side of midfield uh, instead of Doherty. So it depends yeah. what kind of player he wants out there now for this game. Yeah, as well, and. I've been critical about Scott Hogan on the podcast before, but he's coming off a hat trick in his last game against Birmingham. Yeah. So there's a case we made there for him too. But yeah, but I agree. Not, but there's not also. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not, I'm not champion for him, but I'm just yeah. just to throw a little caveat in there. But uh, yeah, looking at Ogbonne for me, he, he's, he doesn't belong in the front here. He's just not that sort of player. No. Uh, I do think he's got Robinson. And it's, it's a toss up between between Parrot and Abafemi, isn't it? I think skill wise, I probably put Abafemi in. He's I know again, there seems to be a bit of an issue with Michael at Swansea, doesn't there? Uh, it seems to be an ongoing issue with, with Aubameyang. I think since level, transfer so. deadline day, wasn't there something yeah, about a move yeah. and it didn't happen, and that's kind of unsettled them there a little bit. But if you're looking for an out now centre forward, you're playing two up front. You've got Aubameyang and Parrot who who worked really well in the last game, and well. Parrot's playing. Aubameyang is a is is a good player, as you said. Ogbené is not a centre forward, so. Unless he's going to play three up front and have a a, a, a different sort of shape to a 3-4-3. Three, three. Uh, if it's a 3-4-3, three, three, you could see Ogbené out the right, you could see Parrot in the middle, and you could see someone like uh, maybe Robinson the other side. But I'm kind of hoping he goes with two up front. I like the two up front. Yeah, I think that could be a better deal. And this probably suits the option that they have as well, isn't there? Um, 
I suppose you're looking at the squad wise to anybody that's missing for you, anybody that that's a glaring omission that you thought, or anybody that's in the squad there now that you, that you were surprised to see their name on the sheet. Uh, O'Leary. <laughs> because I knew nothing about him. Uh, I, I I know now he has a granny from Kerry and or a granddad from Kerry. So that's how he gets in. But I knew nothing about him. Did you know anything about him? I knew he was in the last couple of squads. Um, got in through uh, injury. People probably with injuries. He played for Bristol Rovers. Am I right saying? Played That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you what, give that boy a can of coke. Uh, but I think if you're looking for the goalkeepers, presumably he was a model to start. Really, isn't he? Been excellent for Southampton this season in the Premier League. I know you have an affinity to Mark Travers with the Luke United connection, but he's been out with a bomb outside for the past two or three games now. Not deserved, but Neto has come in and he's done his job, and that's the goalkeeping world. You, you, yeah. You, when a new manager comes in, no matter who you are, any player there you, you can take a liking to or disliking to, and uh, you're out, and you don't have to have a reason. So, uh, unfortunate for Mark, but Bazuna's number one. That's it. End of story. Yeah. And in fairness to Mark, like, Bournemouth have got some hammers in the Premier League. He hasn't actually made any glaring mistakes. Not his fault at all. No. Yeah, not his fault no, at all. In fairness no. to him, there hasn't been any howlers uh, by Mark, d- no. despite some of the mental scorelines. No, but it looks like it's it's the manager has made a decision. He's had a player in, he likes the player, and he's playing Neto, and that's it. Neto played unbelievably well last weekend. So, you, you know, goalkeepers... It's hard, hard game, you know. Yeah. You, you, you're either on or you're off for a long time. It's not like you can switch from right full to left full to centre back or anything like that. So, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. But that's listen. Uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. What about under twenty ones and the rest of our uh, underage teams, Nathan? They've been playing, haven't they? Yeah, we have a packed schedule here, bro. Uh, only twenty ones are playing in the European Championship playoffs against Israel. Uh, the home title take place on Friday the 23rd, which is tomorrow around the time of recording. For us. Uh, for us, for you listening, it probably happened three days ago. So either yeah, yeah, yeah. you got a win. What score was it? So Roy, you can, uh, you can edit in whatever reaction you feel. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and the away toy is going to be on Tuesday the 27th. So yeah, looking forward to that. It'd be great to see the under-21s get into the first European Championship. As always, right, we got some nice League of Ireland representation in the squad. Uh, St. Pat's keeper David Odomusio has come in. Unfortunately, he's, he's had to replace David Harrington, who's been doing brilliant at Cork City this season. Uh, Brian Maher, uh, Andy Lyons in again, Sean McRovers, Joe Redmond in from Patson. Adam O'Reilly has come in as a late replacement for Liam Kerrigan, who, unfortunately, former League of Ireland man, has had to pull out through the yeah, nasty ACL tier, which is horrible to hear because... We're going to talk about Stephen Kenny and his concerns with the players in Serie B, but how the, the Irish lads that have gone to Italy, he's arguably done the best since getting there, so really, really bad timing. Well, let's um, talk about it, Sam, you've brought it up, because we, yeah, we did yeah, read an article, it was in the Extra.ie, and it was his concerns about Irish players. We're all delighted with them going across uh, to Italy, <laughs> yeah. and Stephen's concern, now Stephen's concern is, is that these leagues are a little bit more physical, but he also admitted, Nathan, that he didn't really know too much about them either. No, that was a strange one, wasn't it? That he's, he, he said that's a learning curve for, for everybody, including himself. Uh, as you said, he, he talked about the physicality of the leagues. Um, and another one was game time and opportunities. That's what he thought about what was going to be a major issue. And 
it's early days. It is really early days. We've seen a good few lads go over, haven't we? Uh, like yeah. Fessi Obasele and James Abank have gone to Udinese. Uh, Kevin Zeffi from Shamrock Rovers gone to Inter Milan. Cottle uh, Heffernan gone to AC Milan in Syria. And then we talked about uh, Liam Kerrigan. Unfortunately, he went to Como, picked up that bad injury. And someone actually, we just, we'll just give a mention while we're here. Uh, Aaron Connolly, as we've gone to Venezia. He's yeah. gone back into the under-21 squad, so it'll be interesting to see how Aaron can get on and can he build himself back up at club level to get himself back into the senior international squad. So, from the players that you mentioned there, Roy, just talk, talking about their early game time, like, first day, he's only played eight minutes in Serie yeah. A altogether. Denzel Banquet hasn't made an appearance. He's been on the bench saying that, but he has not made a league appearance. Aaron Connolly won't start, no goals. The game time and opportunities in the sort of ring through while it's on the early days, the lads are still finding their feet there. Uh, I know Stephen did mention the fact that he not he didn't say he'd rather than go, but he he's looking at the likes of France, Belgium, and Holland as better opportunities for young players. He feels that younger players got more of an opportunity and there's more of more of an incentive to move them on. Where we've seen in Italy, it sort of has a stereotype, whether that's an old stereotype or not, that it's it's a league that puts more emphasis on older players and experience and. You feel that some of the young lads could get lost in the shuffle, especially when they go up to the likes of Serie A. It's a fair call. It's a fair point. I think you don't get to choose where you go, generally. As in, he may, they may not have had a French or a Dutch team or a Belgium team who yeah. wanted them. So you do have to assess what you have. And listen, I think Italy's a good one. I think if you're going over to Italy... What they do well is defend. They know how to defend, know how uh, to coach uh, defending in a group, in a unit, really well. So for some of our players who have gone over there, it'll be an excellent learning experience. Do they need to stay there forever? No. So use the experience for, for what you can get. Uh, Stephen's probably looking at them coming into the squad straight away. Love to get them in straight away, have that experience playing away. Yeah. Uh, probably a little bit like Josh Cullen. But... It doesn't always work out that way, you know. And, of course, all those players could go to Belgium and, you know, they could they could do good things there. Listen, it is what it is. I think if it, they have to know when it's they've been there too long. I think as well, Roy. I'd rather see the likes of Heffernan. He's really, really young. I haven't seen much of my Cork City. He's gone over to AC Milan, one of the biggest clubs in, not only in Italy, but in the world uh, itself. And the facilities that they have in terms of friends, facilities and stuff behind the scenes uh, that'll help him physically and mentally. I think you'd rather see him go to a massive club like AC Milan at a young age than go to lower league English side and struggle there. At least when he's going to AC Milan, he's getting top tier facilities both on and off the pitch, which will better him going forward. Like, it's not going to be, it's not harsh to say, I can never see Heffernan starting for AC Milan or getting much near the the starting eleven, not near near the the, squ- the starting squad as a whole. The stuff that he will pick up during his time at underage level, that'll be brilliant. That can only benefit for him going forward. And I'd rather see him at a top club like that, getting these early benefits, than like wandering away in like a league tier, or even dropping down to a conference side in England. But would would Stephen be saying the exact same thing if they went to Liverpool, if they went to Manchester United, if they went to Chelsea? Because the exact yeah. same thing would be happening there. They wouldn't be getting in. They might be on the bench, and they, they they wouldn't be getting much game time. So, it's it's. I don't think it's too much different than that. Does Stephen want his players to go to the Championship? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think the big thing, like I said, Roy, is that Stephen admitted himself that he doesn't know an awful lot about it. I think that's probably more for Stephen's point of view, fear of the unknown and. 
maybe afraid of some of the lads. It's you know it was so our mind sort of a thing where if they're in England, there seems to be more of a tabs on them. But like you said, Josh Cullen booked that train completely. I said to you on and off camera when Josh made the move, the intellect that I was a bit worried about him that I thought that we he saw that he's out of the way a little bit. He'll be fucking about probably the best thing that ever happened to Josh in his career. And yeah. I was actually sad that he went to Burnley in the end. I thought it was a terrible move for Josh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've watched him. He's done well. The team is doing well. They're playing good football. Yeah. So he's probably with the right man with in Vincent Company. I mean, he followed his manager. He didn't just leave and and, and join a, a Sean Deitch Burnley. So it was a, a clever enough move, I suppose. So I, I wouldn't be too worried about that. Uh, as long as he's performing for the Republic of Ireland, we don't give a damn. Yeah, no. Okay. So listen, we're going to talk about the Munster seat. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Budster Senior Cup. We're going to talk about um, Rovers in Europe as well. We'll touch on that. But the FAI Cup, Nathan, we're down to four. Yeah, yeah, down to our final four. Um, so the semi-final draw has been made. It's going to be Derry City uh, at home. Obviously, a brilliant win for them in the quarterfinals, beating Shamrock Rovers 3-1. And they're going to face Treat United, who had a brilliant win in the quarterfinals against UCD, beating them 4-1. Yeah, fantastic. What a job, Roy. We talked about what Tommy Barra has done there. What a job he's done. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant to see them get this far uh, in the FAI Cup. Great. Can, can, can they get through, Nathan? Can, is, is there a possibility? Of course, a possibility of a one game, but it's going to be really difficult, isn't it? But this is a yeah. Derry City side that's really starting to come into their own now in, in the tail end of the season. And uh, we talked about them for European contenders. They're in line to be pushing Rovers until the very end. Um, and then in the second semi-final, we have uh, Waterford coming off a brilliant uh, 3-2 win against Dundalk. Waterford's second semi-final in a row. Brilliant. Brilliant for them. Uh, and they'll be facing Shelbourne in the RSC. Shell's coming off a dominant, I was watching this game, right, a dominant 3-0 win over Bohemians. And we talked about Bowers under the lot of days under Keith Lawn. This is the worst I've seen Bowers all season. Bowers, they were horrendous all over the place. They were really, really poor. Uh, so those games will take place on the 16th of October. Both of them will be on RTE. Nice to see. Makes a nice change. Uh, the Derry City game, Derry and Treaty will kick off at 2 o'clock and Waterford and Shells will kick off at quarter to five. So I'm actually guys... looking forward to these semi-finals, Nathan, because it's Same a little me. bit different, yeah. isn't it? It's a little bit different. Yeah. Different teams in it and the possible... Well, there will be new winners because there hasn't been uh, uh, winners from these four in a while, I don't think. When was the last time Derry City won it? 2012. Would have been the last okay, time. So, the, so it's a 10-year gap. So this it's, it's a good yeah, thing. That, uh, a long time. Yeah, it has. Yeah, so it's great to see. And yeah. um, what about the, the women's FAI Cup? They, that's on, isn't it? So yeah, that's this we weekend. Do, we do. We do. We have the semi-finals of that coming up this weekend. We have uh, Athlone uh, facing Wexford Youths, the holders. Shelbourne are playing Bohemians in a mix of the men's. On, in a swap of the men's uh, quarter-finals are playing she, uh, they're playing Shelbourne playing Bohemians in Pogger Park Shelbourne have won, won us up uh, last year so we potentially could have the same final as last year we could have Wexford and Shelbourne facing each other again in the final uh, that, them two games take place uh, this Saturday coming on the 24th of September and best of luck to all involved um, any predictions Roy for the men's or even the women's who's going to find themselves in the final yeah I'm going to go with Waterford Derry final uh, that seems nearly obvious uh, obviously they're the two favourites for it but they're just playing well at the moment Waterford yeah. have have gone on a good little run uh, Shelbourne are still Shelbourne they're having a great season for for their first season back up but you know I, I don't think you're getting that consistency there that Waterford have had just in the last little while so the momentum's with them and as you said about Derry City listen I'd love 
absolutely love to see a Shelbourne oh. Treaty final. And, and I think I nearly think I'd be cheering for that because that's the final that you want. I love seeing the underdogs uh, do uh, do that and, and get to a final and, and have it might even have a new name on the trophy, which would be uh, amazing. But that's that's real uh, dream stuff there. Uh, but yeah, what do you think, Nate? Oh, like, you forget that, Roy. A treaty in Waterford final. When's the, when's the last time we had an all force division final? That would be yeah, really something for the books. True, true. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I, have, I think I'm inclined to agree with you on that. I think it could be Derry and Waterford. I just think Waterford being at home, and like I said, on the run that they're on at the moment, they lack consistency that we've seen with Shelbourne this season. Yeah, I'll go with Waterford. Also, as a Pats fan, it'd be nice to say you, you got knocked out of the cup by the eventual winners. So. <laughs> yeah, God, geez, selfish, selfish straws there, straws. <laughs> Listen, talking about bows, uh, it has been announced. I suppose there's been a little bit of a short list made for the managerial job. But as you said, Keith Long sacked. Uh, the performance you seen the other night was probably the worst that you've seen all season. So uh, you can blame Keith Long, but uh, there's obviously a lot more to it than just that. And and we kind of looked at that at when Keith went uh, totally in agreement that he's done a fantastic job there so who's the shortlist Richard Dunn is in it only recent completely pro license done a bit of underage coaching in France didn't know he was living in France actually I only seen that as we're doing a bit of research for this Monaco so I believe coaching over, over there yeah, he's well for some tell you what yeah, then, then, yeah. Uh, then Man City Latter-day Paydays it must have saved up well <laughs> I see. I see it because he was on talking about, it and the son plays out in Monaco, and he plays for the the U teams out there. And he was just talking about the way they play and what way they coach and stuff like that. And he was said he was taking a lot in from just watching them uh, coach football over there. So that's why I kind of knew he was out in Monaco. Um, seemingly, there's not too much coaching; they just let them run wild. Bit of a last year. That's you never know. We'll see Bowles playing last man back next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets the job. <laughs> uh, obviously, it's been comparisons with Richard Dunn and Damien Duff when Damien came into the league with Shelbourne in terms of the name value. And remember the media coverage that that Shelbourne and Pat's game got at the start of the season with being Damien Duff's first managerial uh, game. It, it was really, really big. Yeah, which, but actually, we alluded to in the intro. Roy Dawn has been critical of. Stephen Kenny and he's also been critical of the League of Ireland in the past which won't do him much favours um, but again people are harping on about the lack of experience and obviously he's forced to have a managerial job but like Johnny Russell was like a was manager Stephen, Stephen O'Donnell you have to Stephen start Blansky, somewhere Nathan. Stephen, Stephen Bradley these are all managers in the league now that are doing really well all the managers I, manage, I mentioned there are in the top five of the Premier Division, like I said, you have to start somewhere. I wouldn't; that wouldn't be a major issue for me. No. Obviously, I'm not a Bowes fan, so I can say that a, a little bit less reluctantly. But uh, other names on the shortlist, Roy, really, you're uh, Derek Pender, who's the interim manager there at the moment. I said to you when Keith Long got sacked, I thought he'd be a good option to go with. Ian Ryan, who I'm a massive fan of, uh, and a name that might be unfamiliar with some people, Sean O'Shea, who would have been the assistant manager at AIK Stockholm in the past. So he's done a lot of coaching abroad rather than in England and Ireland. So, yeah, some interesting names there, Roy. I suppose, again, having the luxury of not being a Bowles fan, is anybody off that list that you think, yeah, go for them. They're the ones that you should be getting in. Well, Richard Dunton is an interesting one because no one's saying that he's not going to do a good job. No one's saying that he wouldn't do a good job. But if you're going to comment about the international manager and his style of football, um, you're going to have to back that up and... The, the focus is going to be on him big time if he does get that job and how he plays football and how he comes across as a manager. He probably putting a little bit more pressure on himself 
you know, going for this. So he should have foreseen this. A little bit silly, I, I think. But sure, listen, it's easy money to be on as a, as a pundit, isn't it? And, and give your point across. Um, if you look at Vinnie Pert, t- tell you the truth, I wouldn't go for Vinnie Pert. I don't think I'm mad about Vinnie Pert. I don't think I I I, I don't know if, if it's the if if his personality comes across to someone who sort of you know inspires. I I, I don't think I haven't talked to the man, so I can't say a hundred percent. He could be the nicest man in the world. He he could very well come across brilliantly if you were talking to him or in an interview or whatever. I just have that little feeling with Vinnie that I just I I, I don't think I'd put him down the pecking order. Uh, Pender. Pender's in the job now. The worst thing to do is to take over the job, I think, on an interim basis because he's coming off a squad that isn't doing the job. Very hard to turn that around to get them to do the job. And then you you look like that you aren't good enough for the job. So he's kind of giving himself a, a, a hard hard run there. So O'Shea, is this the, is this the, uh, the Potter the Irish Potter is it? <laughs> like he's Could away be, in Scandinavia. Yeah. yeah, he's away in Scandinavia playing his trade. You know, it, it, that could be an interesting one for them. That might be the yeah. one that they think outside the box and look and go. Do you know that's the one we might go for? But Richard Dunn is the pro- high-profile manager, and it might that might appease the fans. Yeah, it might do. Like I, I have on about all the time. I think Ian Ryan is. The only thing I will say about Ian Ryan is the, the step up from like Wexford going into pretty much full time football with Bohem and think Bowes are going to, yeah. The only difference with Bowes not being full time is he don't train in the morning time, train in the evening. Besides that, it's a full time setup, so that will be a big jump for Ian. But we've seen man just do that in the past and and, and strive going into full time football. It's because there's a bit of a weight off the shoulders in terms of their personal life. They don't have to be balancing football and work and things like that. So Ian uh, Morris is another name that has been tossed around. Uh, again, for me, brilliant coach. But what you just said about Vinny Pearce, I'd put him in the same category. Don't know Ian personally. Never talked to Ian Morris personally. But um, you're hearing different stories about ex-players and stuff like that, about indifferent treatment that he's given people in the past and how he's rubbed up a dressing room in, in the mm-hmm. wrong way. So someone early into their career, that's not a good sign either. And obviously going from Shelbourne in the past to now going into the Bohemian's job, uh, a bit touchy to say the least. Uh, yeah. But now, yeah, there's plenty of names there on, on that short list. And I'm sure when an announcement is made, right, we'll be on here waxing lyrical about that as well. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll have a look at that when it comes around. But an interesting time for Bowes because... They, they need to get the right man now. Uh, Keith did such a good job with them to, I suppose, cut that tie. They need to make sure they get the right man in. Okay, we will go on to the Munster Senior Cup, Nathan. I, I, it's, I'm very interested in this, not just the Munster Senior Cup, but the Leinster Senior Cup, because the question you wanted to throw across was, are we about to see League of Ireland teams go back into the Leinster Senior Cup? My question is, do we need these competitions? Yes and no, Roy. I mean, yes okay. to the, my first question, no to the second question. Uh, <laughs> before we do that, we'll just give a little bit of a mention that um, the Munster Senior Cup final took place on Monday just gone uh, between Cork City and Cove Ramblers. And Cove Ramblers got the 1-0 win. So congratulations yeah, to Cove Ramblers, well to Shane Keegan and all the staff and the players. Brilliant down there. Uh, I don't even seen the goal, Roy. A brilliant uh, James O'Leary free kick in the 66th minute was enough to seal the win. And especially end of centenary year, that's brilliant achieving the cap off yeah. such a historic um, anniversary. But going into the question of the Lenzo Senior Cup now, uh, it's been a, announced is that League of Ireland sides will be back into the oldest competition in Irish football from February. 
So we'll have the 11 uh, Lancer sides, which is Shamrock Rovers, Bohemians, St. Pat's, Shelbourne, Dundalk, Drotted, Longford Town, Bray Wanderers, UCD, Wexford, and Athlone Town. Uh, like I said, they'll all end in February alongside the five remaining non-league sides in the competition. On to your question there, Roy, do we need it? I don't think we do. I don't think I don't think to, so either. I don't think we need to be filling up the uh, the already beefy calendar with these competitions. We've seen League of Ireland sides decide to opt out of the EA Sports Cup again this year for another year. It haven't been in it since uh, the outbreak of COVID. Um, and for me, it just comes down, like I said, to the beefy schedule. But it's also not really worth that time putting out any sort of decent squad because the prize money doesn't entice you whatsoever. Do you feel that they this very well may be used for their junior players or up and coming players, squad players, that this is a game these are games that will really just give those players competitive time under the belt? Yeah, I think it should be, shouldn't it? I think that should be the real selling point for clubs. Even though that's not cheap to put on as well, but if you're gonna go into the competition, might as well use as a platform, like I said, for these lads to get acclimatised to playing men's football because like you said right the gap between Lens or senior well I said I don't speak for you the gap between Lens or senior football the high level Lens or senior football and the fourth division it's in terms of skill and quality there's not a major gap there so they're not coming up against Mickey Mouse players like these the young lads that are going to be playing against you know your Bluebells and, and whatever else may be um, they're coming up against quality players a lot of them have played in the League of Ireland in the past and yeah. have for one reason or another are just not there, but this doesn't make them any less of a quality player. So there is going to be a good standard if there is young lads going to be playing for the likes of Shamrock Rovers, Bohemian, St. Pat's. It's, it's a good one for them to get used to that standard of physicality and, and the pace that comes with men's football. Yeah, so it'll be good for those players. But if they're thinking of playing any of their first team players in this competition, I personally think it's a mistake. I think it's a waste yeah. of time. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I suppose it, it could it could do a job for your squad. Okay, uh, what about Rovers in Europe, Nathan? They're not finished. And as we said already, this European campaign could hamper their league campaign. But let's have a little update. Yeah, so unfortunately beaten against uh, Ghent 3-0 away from home in our most recent Europa Conference League Group F game. Let's talk um, about it, Nathan. Let's talk about yeah. that second goal. Yeah, Jesus, there's, there's a couple of things I want to get into, Roy, about, you know, probably decisions that were made by the manager and stuff like that. Unfortunately for Dan, it's not the first one that we've seen this season. Um, while I'm a big fan of Dan Cleary in the league of as a whole, we've seen a week's time with Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers that he can be a bit rash in a tackle and he is prone to these moments of madness. I'd be interested to see what will his partnership be like when Pico Lopez comes back from injury. I think they are really missing Pico, best centre-half in the league for me. By a country mile and a big job Redmond fan that pats and everything but for me Pico, Pico was excellent centre half yeah crazy mistake but not even that Roy obviously Dan's going to get the major uh, headlines that he doesn't want but I think in, in the build up as well and it's funny I was so complimentary of Chris McCann in the last show in, in the first European game he was a complete onlooker in the build up of that as well so I think you had to be looking at the likes of him and even Gary O'Neill in the midfield but yeah an absolute hell of a Dan Cleary wasn't it the I, moment I, I want to forget I think Keeper doesn't help him out. I, I don't know what the rush is. He's rushing to pass the ball out to a player who's not open, hasn't got his body open. He's kind of, he's closed off. So when he's looking to turn down, he's running into trouble. He doesn't really know what's around him. It's a real problem for Shamrock Rovers because they're making poor decisions early in games. And then after 20 minutes are gone, they're, they're out of the game already. The game's over and yeah. done with nearly. So 
they really have to focus on, on, you know, do they need to be playing the ball out from the back line every single time for the first 20 minutes of a game? You know, I know that's the way they play, but it's a risk and reward. And I'm seeing it far too many times. There are teams who are, who are unbelievably good at pressing in these situations and you only have to make one mistake and you're in trouble. I, I think they need to really start mixing it up a little bit more. I think they play out from the back far too much. My opinion, uh, I'm sure Stephen Bradley has other opinions even, on it. Even that, Roy, did he need to be going at three at the back in a game like this away from home? They're the most difficult side, I think, in the group. I don't think he needed to go three at the back. I thought he could have went maybe with it 4 5 1. I know it's a little bit more conservative. And like I said, that's the way Roy was played the three at the back. He liked playing out from the back, but sometimes it had to be a bit more sensible, especially going 2 0 down in the first 20 minutes. Like, it would have been damage limitations at that stage. But to see that, that Bradley didn't change it up, I thought that was a bit of a strange move. And the same thing happened out in Ludogorets. You know, he had he had the three at the back and those huge gaps down the side and they just kept battering them, battering them, cutting yeah. through them like a knife. And I just thought, right, that's a learning curve. But it didn't seem to learn from that in, in this game. And there's there's points there. You know, you can go and, and, and get points in this group. So you, you look at uh, the, the other results, it just shows you that in this you can get a couple of wins, a couple of draws. You never even know what could happen if you, you really uh, cut out the mistakes and have your game plan together. Now, listen, I know the lads are professional players, the professional managers. They're looking at it all the time. There is a huge debate over this overplaying out from the back. Some people are absolutely brainwashed into thinking you have to play out from the back every single time. You're not Manchester City. You haven't got the players at that calibre. Mistakes are going to happen. Goals are going to happen. So unless you're at that top level uh, and you're, you're, if you're playing teams that are quality or slightly better than you, you need to level out a little bit. So you need to mix it up. Don't don't give them that press. Uh, it drives me mad to tell you the truth. Uh, anyhow, that's that's that. Yeah. So they have games coming up, Nathan. What are the games coming up? And, and, and where do you think they can get the points? They do, Roy. They have uh, the next game in this competition is uh, away from home against uh, Molde in Norway. That'll be on the 6th of October. Um, like I said, there's opportunity to pick up points. Uh, Molde were beaten by uh, Dunchgarden 3-2 in, in the most recent game. So, But away from that, you have a packed league schedule coming up, Roy. They have three league games over the next nine, ga- uh, nine days. Funny enough, actually, the time recording um, on Thursday tor- the 22nd, they're playing Shelbourne right as we speak. So that's one of the games out of the three. Yeah, be interesting. I'm sure we'll have a little score check before the show is out. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a busy schedule for Shamrock Rovers coming up as you look to defend the, the league title and pick up some points and money in Europe. So it's definitely going to be a packed schedule and it's going to, we're going to see the depth of the squad that they put together really be used to its fullest. Now, that leads us on to the fan question because I know what the fan question is and it leads us perfectly into it. Doesn't it? Oh, that, that segue was smooth as silk. I'm getting good at this. I'm getting good at this radio stuff. Um, bit of a family affair uh, this week, Roy. Um, so it's going to actually sound weird calling him Eamon, but Eamon's question this week is, um, <laughs> does, the five sub, does the five substitution rule only suit Shamrock Rovers in the league moment? Well, I can see why Eamon has put that to... I suppose to the now, forefront if, because if you think if you think he's talking bollocks, don't be nice to him because he's me. No, no, it's not, no. I can see because it, it it was the question they were talking about when it was going to be introduced over in England, where the big boys going to the Liverpool's and the Man City's were these the ones who are going to benefit bringing on more quality 
replacing quality and, and that's the exact same thing that's happening in the league here Shamrock Rovers can bring in uh, quality for quality but if you look at Shamrock Rovers they're bringing in young players as well they're starting young players so it's not as if they 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 have their their McCanns and they're bringing them on um, you know sometimes to, to win out games yeah they might become bringing them on to see out games but they're mixing and matching their squad around the place I, I, I do think yeah, they've built up something there, but you look at the likes of Pats, uh, Sligo, they may not have the best of benches, but it does come down to your club. It comes down to your club. It's not about... Shamrock Rovers have built up what they have from exactly the same position as everyone else was in, maybe even a worse position. Because this rule came in, it didn't come in for Shamrock Rovers, it came in like the first ever substitute that ever came into a game of football or three substitutes or two substitutes. It's a, it's just evolving. So um, if the others want to make more of it, well, they need to start producing more. And there's plenty of quality out there. So now you need to look at your youth system. Are you getting enough of those youth players into your squad? Are they good enough to be in the squad? Shamrock Rovers are. Why aren't yours? Yeah, no, that's definitely fair. Like, even just having a little check there while you were talking away, Roy. Um, first of all, the Shelbourne and Shamrock Rovers game for this nil all this evening, which is a uh, okay another. Yeah, that's this is what we're talking about, Nathan. This is what we're yeah, talking about. That was one. I think that was one of the games in hand as well. So definitely yeah. one for uh, for Derry City to be happy about. But I was looking at the bench here tonight, Roy. Uh, Richie Towell, Aaron Green, Chris McCann, uh, Adrian Matthew on the bench. Uh, obviously, all really top players. But again, the likes of Carl Lennox um, is being. Fairly consistent over the past couple of weeks. Only 17, he's on the bench. Uh, Kieran Crew is another 18-year-old has been on the bench. Um, more so at the start of the season than anything else. So there is young lads that are sitting on there. But yeah, we did see in the European games. Like Graham Brooke, Sean Kavanagh. But that's the squad that they have. That's the depth that, like I said, that they built up here. Do you prefer the five subs or do you prefer the three subs? Um, it doesn't bother me. I, bec- no. I tell you why it doesn't bother me. Because... If it goes any further than five, it'll be a joke. I roll do, on, roll off. Yeah, I do think that you have them players there. You're playing, you're playing, the paying them players to be in your squad. So why shouldn't you be allowed to play those players? Now, if it goes to six subs, seven subs, now you're making a farce of it. You're going into international territory where they used to make 11 changes in a game. But I don't see anything wrong with the way it's done. Five substitutes, I think you can do it over three substitutions I think that's the way yeah. it works isn't it so yeah, yeah I have no not, problems it's not, impacting with, it's not impacting with the pace of the game or anything where no. if you could stop the game five times and been on five subs I'd have a major issue with stopping the flow of the game but yeah the incentives there isn't it to and because it's five subs it's bigger benches you have more players on the bench so, so Eamon's question re, Eamon's question really is is it unfair because Shamrock Rovers have more quality no because same Pats Sligo UCD they can bring on players to refresh the team put more energy into the team that's the purpose of it to give those players so there's probably less injuries but if you want to have more quality then you have to devise a plan that is going to make your squad have more quality in it I know you have to have a youth team uh, you have to have uh, build up whatever it is your stadium look Shamrock Rovers have done everything right they've got the stadium together they've got the youth system together they've got the training facilities together they've got the backing right Shamrock Rovers were homeless they had nothing you know they had a bit of a, a following a, a good following of fans but they were they were struggling badly relegation fodder you know so 
Why can't the rest of them do it? There's no point in whinging about it. Get out, sort your club out, and get up there and challenge Shamrock Rovers. Derry City are doing it. Yeah, they might have money behind them. It's not always money, though. Look at Galway. Galway have all the money in the world there, and they're not winning that league against the Cork side. So, yeah, get off your arse, get your finger out. Don't, don't whinge about five substitution rule. I know they're not. I know Eamon's putting the point across and it's a, a valid one. Uh, do I think they're benefiting from it? Maybe. That's not really the question though. I think the question is, can the others use it to benefit them? Well, like I said, so, of course they're benefiting because of the strength and depth that they have, but that's not something that's been put into their lap. It's something that, like you mentioned very well, has it's, it's been built up over a long period of time. Yeah, but you're saying they had Richie Towell on the bench. When did Richie Towell come off the bench and play unbelievably well and, and turn yeah. a game around? He yeah, hasn't done yeah. that, that in there, for, you know. And Maku has, but Maku would have been on the bench anyhow, and he, he probably would have been coming on if there was a tree, because, it, because of the centre-forwards that they have. If there was tree subs, he probably would have been coming on anyhow. So... You know, Chris McCann, good player, but I don't think he's going to come onto the pitch and dictate the game for the last 20 minutes of a game. He's someone who has to get into the game and, and start, you know, moving that ball around and dictating it from the start. So, yeah, you can, you can, you can make it. You can't, there's no way you can sort of judge it. But yes, you are bringing on quality players who can do a job, but I don't think Shamrock Rovers players blow the league away who are coming on. Yeah, no, fair point. I just said, Roy, stop moaning that. Sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to, if you want to be, uh, get ridiculed by Roy, get your fans questions yeah. <laughs> to, to, to the big kickoff on social media. You can get, uh, you know, actually, probably don't mess with Roy if that's the response you're going to get. Uh, come on with me, I'm a bit more approachable. Get Nathan Doyle on social media. Get them into us. Because uh, we can't wait to slag us off. We do. Okay, uh, thanks for that one, Eamon. I uh, appreciate that. Send in a few more. I, I enjoyed that. Okay, listen, Nathan, thanks very much. Thanks very much for everyone listening. Do look out for us on thebigkickoff.com. We're on YouTube. We're on all podcast providers. And, uh, of course, you can catch me and Nathan uh, somewhere. Just try and find us. Thank you.